Hey folks, welcome to the Music of the Spheres podcast. We are broadcasting tonight from somewhere deep in the hills of upstate New York. Wherever, whenever, and however you're listening, we thank you for being a part of our universe. We are two brothers, bivocational ministers, seekers of truth, and drinkers of yellow beer. And we welcome you into episode number 58 of the Music of the Spheres podcast. It's an even-numbered episode, which means in just a little bit we'll have a presentation from the non-woo-woo brother who will be sharing a little bit of whatever he's got coming. I don't know what it is. He's very secretive and sneaks in here holding the book in a way I can't read it and I don't know what's... <laughs> I don't holding it like that? Yeah, intentionally. You were also using the the front cover of the book to cover up the beer that you brought in, so I don't know what that is either. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of mysteries yeah. for me tonight. Yeah. I'm excited. I've been watching Can't a wait. lot of uh, James Bond, so I... Yes, the, yes. The espionage skills. That's what I thought when you came in. I was like, this Podcast. guy would be a good spy. <laughs> now if you can just work on your sniping skills yeah. and being able to fly all manner of aircraft... Um, also being able to there's navigate spaceships and submarines there's so much skiing if you like watch a lot of those <laughs> it's like he should have been dead these guys are on like snowmobiles or like chasing after him on like car and he's on skis yeah and they miss him he's on a cello once going down a mountain right right yeah it's they should add it up the amount of times that someone shot at james bond and missed i don't think there's a number high enough <clears throat> i really don't <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, the first rule of podcast espionage is don't let your co-host know yeah. what you're doing. Don't, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't let the right hand know what the left one is doing. Yeah. Yes. So if we were hands, which one would be the right and which one would be the left? Would you be the left hand or the right hand? <laughs> <laughs> which one is it in the... Uh... <laughs> Uh, the story about the turning the other cheek or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think typically the left hand, like in, in, in ancient tradition, the left hand is seen as evil. Right. right? Yeah. The right hand is good. But that's not all traditions, I think. Right. I don't think I want to be the left hand. <laughs> also, right. the thumb on my left hand is all like... <laughs> is weird. that the weird one? That's yeah. your weird thumb? It's like... A, it's like <laughs> Growth was stunted. You somewhere. should put a picture of that thing on the Insta. <laughs> That'll get some views. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for emails. Just start putting pictures of our body parts. <laughs> Got to be careful. Only with the that. only the disfigured ones, uh, right? So yeah. yeah, you can do a picture of my my big scar on my knee mm-hmm. from when they opened me up like a well, they sewed me back up like a football, like laces on a football. Yeah. Um, it's hard yeah. to throw you though. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Especially after that surgery. Uh I have a yeah, I have a scar on my forehead. Yeah, I remember that yeah. day still. Yep. I don't, so <laughs> Well, I had to remember does. it for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got this weird uh white hair uh eyebrow that like grows super long. Really? Yeah. Just one white hair? In the eyebrow. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you pluck it, it comes back white? comes back white, yeah. <laughs> and longer than the others. <laughs> yeah, it's just there to taunt you. It is. <laughs> yeah. To remind me of my mortality. Yes, yes. You are old now. Welcome. Yeah. Excellent. Um, all right, so do you have a beginning of the episode? You got a little world of science update for us of any yeah. sort? What do you got for us today? Uh, giant underground battery. 
Ooh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Is it a triple A? <laughs> or it's probably more like a C or a D. Those are the big ones, right? You said giant. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's like an L. <laughs> yeah, which one is the... I don't know. Well, the... Nine volt. Those are like the. Those are the little square battery. ones. Yeah, you put them in your ones. guitar. Yeah. Yeah, or, or C, C and D. They're both big and. Yeah. yeah. They for some reason they skipped B. <laughs> they went right from A. It'll be confusing. There's a, co- a comedian who does the <laughs> little bit about you the know, b- battery. The, the battery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That letter is already used. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it it's uh. Two up-and-coming energy technologies are coming together near a tiny town in central Utah. Leave it to the the Mormons. They'll figure this out. (laughs) Outside of the town of Delta, population 3,600, two caverns, each as deep as the Empire State Building, are being created from an underground salt formation to be used to store hydrogen gas. And the gas will be used as a fuel in a new electricity generation plant. Hmm. But I, I was, it was kind of interesting based on like what you've been talking about. Like, I don't know, in 3,000 years when somebody comes upon this, when it's no longer whatever it is, yeah. you know, a, a home to storing hydrogen gas, yeah. and it's just some sort of like relic of a civilization gone by. Yeah. It's kind of be, what would people think would they have any idea what it was? Right. I, I mean, that's kind of the, the whole idea with mm-hmm. with this stuff is when you have an ancient civilization that does some sort of a, has some sort of technology, it wouldn't necessarily look the same to us when we find it. Because that's going to look like, uh, it's going to look like caves. Yeah. The archaeologists, the standard model archaeologists of the future, you know, 5,000 years from now or 10,000 years from now mm-hmm. are going to be like, ah, yes, they were just emerging from the cave and they left all their salt down there. And, <laughs> you know, like, they were storing it up so they could cure their fish and survive. And <laughs> so that's what they're going to say. Yeah, survive in a waterless world. <laughs> yeah. When really, I guess it's, um, let's see, what, what it will do is um, burn a mixture of natural gas and hydrogen. Uh, green hydrogen produced without emitting greenhouse gases. Um, and it will operate 40 giant electrolyzers. <laughs> that sounds fake. That sounds like a fake thing. <laughs> it's like a, something a kid made up on, on the monkey bars. <laughs> I'm going to get you with my electrolyzer. <laughs> um, which uses excess solar and wind power generated at times of low demand to split water m- molecules into hydrogen and oxygen. And the caverns themselves were created by a process called solution mining, where high-pressure water is pumped down into salt deposits that are dissolved. Um, So the resulting caverns are 200 feet in diameter, 1,200 deep, and lie 3,000 to 4,000 feet below the surface. Hydrogen cannot escape through the thick salt layers. (laughs) That's awesome. And trap the hydrogen and then use it. So what do they do? They, they, you said it's used as a fuel, so they Mm -hmm. must typical thing like burn it for heat to create steam to spin turbines. Is that the idea or is there some other? Yeah. Whatever an electrolyzer is. Electrolyzer. (laughs) I've never heard that word before. (laughs) 
but isn't that like you know you you get that when you drink Gatorade? Isn't that? That's <laughs> not, <it's> not it. <laughs> yeah. <we're>, yeah. <laughs> Electrolyzer. How do you spell it? L Y Z E R. Yeah. Oh, hydrogen elect electrolyzer. Wow. <clears throat> this is uh, from Earthwise. That's okay. Cool. Electrolyzers, which use electricity to split water into hydrogen and oxygen, are critical technology for producing low-emission hydrogen from renewable or nuclear electricity. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I guess for whatever whatever you need hydrogen for. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so that's crazy. The world's largest and most efficient solid oxide electrolyzer is by from this place <laughs> called Bloom Energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've begun generating hydrogen from the world's largest solid oxide electrolyzer installation at NASA's Ames Research Center. Hm. If NASA wasn't involved, I was going to say it sounds like the front for a, a James Bond villain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Somebody's going to try to... He's going to come skiing down the cavern. (laughs) Yes, yes, on skis made of salt. (laughs) They're like salt icicles that he's skiing on. Yeah, (laughs) salticles. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you, Jason. Um, We have no uh, middle schooler with us again tonight, uh, but she is very excited. She's got a trip to Florida upcoming, so that's Mm. what's... And uh, we just got her uh, second quarter report card in and all grades but one have improved and everything wow. is b or better so it's like whew, good good be news better. b or better yeah it's like a b better better <laughs> and it's all the better <laughs> uh so that's great uh, congratulations yeah. to the wow. middle schooler you who know? knew it took mickey mouse for her to yes yes <laughs> yes mickey is very influential we've learned yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like the well see that the original elf on the shelf <laughs> <laughs> it's the elf on the show. Yeah, well, I mean, now you add in because Universal's down there, so she's going to mm-hmm. go to Harry Potter World too. Oh, so, yeah. but the combination of Mickey and Harry Potter, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. can't yeah. say no. The so, boy who lived and the mouse in the house, <laughs> watching your every move. Yeah, Did you yeah. move a wand around the house, like. If you don't do your work, like Expelliarmus. Yeah, I actually have a wand. Stupefy. I should, yes. Well, yeah. that's what I told her, you know, quit casting stupefy on yourself and get better grades. <laughs> <laughs> the wand points away from you. Yes, <laughs> you're holding the wrong end. <laughs> no, but this is my, this is my actual magic wand that I have. Uh, you should take a picture of this for the, uh, for the Instagram, yeah, for the Instacart or whatever. <laughs> there. But it's got an actual crystal. It's made out of copper. It's got little crystals embedded in it and a crystal at the other end that you hold. Hmm. And uh, I think there's probably like a number two pencil inside here that holding it all together. <laughs> but yeah, if you want That's me to start cool. selling stuff from your apartment. Yeah, yeah. What will I'm anybody give <laughs> so that we can Instacart? Yes. So that we can afford our email address <laughs> one more a month. <laughs> uh, some seashells and uh, Altoids <laughs> tin. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, oh, we... we uh, we spruced the place up a little bit, as you can see. Yeah, yeah. I, it looks very festive. Yeah, yeah. I've got, um, I've got the the tapestry that you brought me from uh, when you were in Israel and Palestine. Yeah, right from the old city. 
Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so I got that up there and, um, oops. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then I added, uh, my shirt from Cambodia, which is really nice, but I almost got stuck in it once. Did I tell you that story? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, Cambodia, um, people there are smaller than, you know, me. (laughs) So sizes tend to run small and I bought myself this really cool Cambodia shirt. You know, it's got like three buttons at the top and it's got pictures of that's Angkor Wat all all over it there. The ancient um, temple. Largest religious complex in the world, I think they say. Um, At least in the ancient world. Um, But uh, I got myself this shirt. I was like, this is going to be super cool. I got like extra large or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're all like wrapped in a bag. You don't, you can't try it on. So I just bought it and you know, so this is great. Cambodia shirt. And I went to put it on and I, I think I put like one arm in and got my head through and then started pulling it down. I realized this is like an extra small and just labeled as an extra large. And I like got stuck in it in such a way. I was like, I'm not sure I can get out of this shirt. So it's not a shirt for wearing. It's a shirt mm. for hanging on the wall. So there it is. It's up on the wall. Is that linen? Yeah. It's, it's like a, yeah, it's like a, a breathable linen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably and then be really nice. And, uh, and the kegerator's up and running now with an actual keg of actual beer inside. Mm. So you can pour yourself. It's a, it's Foothills Pilsner from oh. Wolf Hollow Brewing Company's in there right now. And uh, I got my uh, bandana from $50 Dynasty, which is the, uh, the band that the, the guys that do the, uh, Brothers of the Serpent podcast uh, play in oh. $50 Dynasty is the name of their band and uh, so they sent me that in a care package that they sent out with some other stuff that I got a while back from the Brothers of the Serpent oh cool folks so so the studio's looking a little more festive yeah, yeah? we're getting ready for going on YouTube when we do the YouTube yeah. YouTube live stream gotta get a, a rusticator uh, maybe not a bandana but like a it, I don't know a handkerchief a pennant Yes. Yes. Oh, nice. Nice. That'd be great. (laughs) A roll of paper towels (laughs) to sop up your beer with when you spill it. Comes in four different varieties with just like (laughs) each guy's face on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, All right. So how's everything else going for you, brother? It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I learned one of the, the lessons today and, uh, as a mental health counselor, it was kind of the first time I had like a lot of sessions back to back. And uh, I bought this 50 ounce water mm-hmm. at lunch and I'm drinking it. I'm like, you know, because I had, I had the kidney stone. Right. You got to be careful with that. And, uh, you got to stay said, hydrated. Yeah, stay hydrated. So yeah. I'm like trying. And then I'm like, when am I going to pee? Like. <laughs> These all, these all go back to back. I'm really bad at getting them out of the room with like five minutes to spare. Yeah. It's like, I like, this is, it's going to be a, it's going to be a stretch. This is going to be a tight fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I had to stop drinking water and then, uh, <laughs> just pray. <laughs> the pain of a full bladder would not overcome me. Wow. And I just made it. Just made it. Yeah. So you can't like at the beginning or end just excuse yourself for a couple minutes? I like, probably could. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's what other people do. Um, yeah. But where I was, um, I have to walk through the 
waiting room mm-hmm. to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. There are other offices where you can just go to a bathroom. Yeah. And not go through the waiting room. Yeah. But yeah. I was not in that <laughs> section of the <laughs> building today. So I'd have had to be like, you know, I'm going to go do this thing. Yeah. And I'll see you in a couple minutes. <laughs> I'll be back in about 14 minutes. <laughs> and you walk by with like a Sports Illustrated. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, yeah, that's rough. I often wonder about, you know, professions like that, how that works. I mean, every now and then I'd have, I teach guitar lessons too, but I'd rarely have them like so far, like packed together. But yeah. But yeah, I can see that be uh, be <laughs> a challenge, a hazard of the industry that you're in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, live and learn, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What about you? Ah, uh, yeah, just working. You know, I've been doing these. It's not very exciting, but I've been working on uh, a, a list of focus accounts for 2024 for for myself and the sales reps that I work with. You know, I went and I ran some reports from historical data from the last two years and I identified for each rep that, you know, that our distributor has, I identified a couple accounts like these are the ones I want to make sure you keep doing what you're doing and these are the ones where we can do better. And uh, so gave them both. And I also said I'm going to support those accounts too. So I, that's what I was spent. <laughs> I spent like probably two and a half hours today and just at uh, at tj's flight line pub at the end of the bar with all my papers out and i'm like you know going through my you know punching i was punching it all all of them into a, a map app on my phone so i can see where the pins are oh, so yeah. i can break them up into you know into routes for myself so yeah that's that's the exciting stuff that i've got going on mm-hmm. right now <clears throat> that and uh yeah, gearing up for going to Florida. That'll be a nice little little break to get, you know, mm-hmm. go down and hang out there. I never had gone to Florida in the wintertime until last year, and, you know, that kind of ruined me for it. So. It's nice. Yeah, going when it's like, cold up here and you yeah. get out and it's in the sunshine and everything. So Even I'm, like a day like today where it was like 40-ish mm-hmm. yeah. and sunny. Yeah. Just like, just kind of does something to your soul. Yeah. Good things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was good stuff. Yeah. 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 So that's exciting. We're very, uh, Lila and I are very excited about that. Um, you know, it'll be our first time ever staying in a Disney resort. We've never done that before. So we're going to see what that's like. So we have a, a friend that connected us with that um, very generously. So we're going to try it out and see how that goes. Last time we were, we stayed in a campground with mom and dad and their truck camper. Mm-hmm. It was still a Disney one, but it's, you know, still a campground. Right. So, so we're, uh, yeah, living the high life in the Disney resort. Yeah. yeah. may not, they may not leave the pool. I might just stay there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> keep. Yeah. If they have the little umbrellas and the drinks. Yeah. Keep bringing me, you know, my ties or whatever you call them. Yeah. Um, Bahama mama. Yes. Yes. Bahama mama to go with my Bahama mama. And be all set. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's it. Just trying to get everything done before that. We got a consistory retreat this weekend for church, which you'll be at, and it's our annual like, you know, figure out what we're doing kind of weekend. So lots of stuff going on, and then uh, you know, busy week next week, and then yeah, then I'm flying the coop for a little bit. So. And uh, anybody that's part of the church gets to hear you preach for a couple weekends in a row. So that's fun mm. for them. They always like that. Get this boring, long preacher out of here and let Jason go. 
Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I go short enough that they don't realize I'm boring. That's the whole whole strategy. I don't give them a chance to think. Yeah, that's true. I'm bored. If you preach long enough, you have to really be interesting, (laughs) or else you run the risk of feeling boring. Yeah. Uh, Nice. Um, All right. Uh, We didn't get anything but sales emails again this time. Um, This Cameron Lorenzo is very. uh, uh, He's persistent. Uh, We got three emails from Cameron. Uh, but uh, uh, but do we have anything on socials or any anything like, like that? Most of my most of my texts, uh, you know, I I bought like underwear once, and like I get texts from uh, <laughs> jockey. Yeah, you're getting a lot of mileage out of those skivvies, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If you, you only bought them once. So good. Well, yeah. then I, w- I would have to buy more. <laughs> Well, if you keep keep going like you're going with your counseling, you may need a few extra pair. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. You're gonna have to just invest in depends or something like that. Yeah. I'm I'm sure I'm sure counselors have thought about it that with what was happening today. Like how yeah. how could it not cross your mind? Yeah, yeah. And now, but then it's like a hazard. How can you be uh, present for your client when you're sitting there thinking, I have to pee, have to pee, have to pee, <laughs> have to pee, have to pee. <laughs> Yeah, it's really yeah. Wearing depends is a professional yeah. courtesy. Yeah, yeah. So you say to him like, "So when's the last time you went to the bathroom? When was the last time you <laughs> thought of something really burned, and crispy?" I'm sensing you're having a burning feeling in your in your abdomen. Maybe uh, could we talk about the desert for a little while? Just, Something very dry. Yeah, somebody somebody <laughs> walks in there and they're like, I have a fear of waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Can't help you. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a few minutes. <laughs> a fear of waterfalls. Yeah. I'm sure that is somewhere. What do you call that? What's the word for that phobia? I don't know. Uh, hydra laser photobia. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a term for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I cannot say it. Uh, a fear of waterfalls can be categorized as a specific phobia, specific anxiety d- disorder, and is referred to as cataractophobia. 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 Huh. It's spelled K A T A R R A K T I phobia. <laughs> Cataractophobia. To, I, I wonder if that's in the the uh, diagnostic manual. And they have a bunch of they have a bunch of stuff in there. Yeah, pure stuff. I mean, they said it was. Uh, diagnosable phobia right yeah you know we should play this game where i just look up one of these and you try to guess it like what's this megalohydrothalassophobia megalohydrothalassophobia i can't even say it one like in one try megalohydrothalassophobia hydro yeah mega big hydro's water big water <clears throat> Thalass, like the neck. Thalass. Oh. T H A L, the like the with an A and then the word lass. The lass, like the, <laughs> the lady. It's the fear of the lady of the lake. Yeah. <laughs> King Arthur had this problem. He figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Megalohydrothalassophobia is a fear of large things under the water, oh. such as whales, reefs, or shipwrecks. Oh, wow. I might have that actually. <laughs> uh, what about submechanophobia? Submechana? Submechana. Submechanophobia. Mechano. Submechanophobia. Um, yep. Beneath being beneath a car. Okay. Submechanophobia could be caused by a fear of the unknown and the common terror of not knowing what lies beneath the water line. Oh. Hmm. Objects could be visually distorted by water and its movement, which could make them seem alive and thus possibly harmful. Is a lot of things about water are scary. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's... Yeah. People probably have a lot of these phobias. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Sheesh. Waterfalls are terrifying. <laughs> Just the stuff that you see when you Google this kind of stuff. It's great. Uh, all right. Any, did you have anything on social medias? Any, uh, anything from anybody there? Uh, no. Commenting uh, on stuff? No comments. There are some liked yeah. pictures, but... That's good. They're going to love this picture of the wand when you take it. Yeah. Um, and of my messed up thumbs. Yeah. Maybe your thumb holding the wand. <laughs> I have to show the other thumb, though, too, because they, they need some context. <laughs> this is what it's supposed to look like. Now, there's a picture of my good thumb, and yeah. one of the, I was holding one of the beers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My That's funny. Thumb. Like, some people are like, uh, you know, did you get my good side? And you're like, did you get my good thumb? <laughs> it's like, if you take a picture of you holding something, oh, no, not with my left thumb. <laughs> Let me switch hands quick. Gotta redo it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> bad, bad thumb. All right. Uh, well, what do you say we have some beer then? Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, the kegerator's all cleaned out. I, uh, I defrosted it. It was not running quite as cold as it normally. Normally, it's a nice cold kegerator. So I uh, I defrosted it, I cleaned it up, and uh, I reinstalled some stuff to make it a single tap kegerator. So now we can have fresh draft beer here in the studio. You have to try a try a pilsner. Tell me what you think. I think it might have been one of the first kegs off the tank. It's not quite as uh, clear. Oh wow! The most popular beer in the world. It's the number one selling beer in america is that what we found out last week or am i making that up did you just know that i just know that <clears throat> it's also the among the largest growing segment of beer uh is uh, the really? this class of beer yep yep the cerveza de la Me mexico i don't <laughs> You know, when you start a sentence, you don't know yes. where it's going to end. Yes, yeah. I I was right along with you on that. I had no idea where you were going. <laughs> yeah, no, Mexican lagers are um, are the fastest growing segment. Uh, they've mm. shown the most growth in beer sales, and this is the number one selling beer in in America. It might it might be draft beer. It might just be draft beer, but it is it is a monster. Uh, it's crazy, which because you, I don't, I don't know who wouldn't, who would have guessed that, but I wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. I've never so, had this beer before. Yeah, Cerveza Modelo, um, or uh, also known as Modelo Especial, golden, full flavored Pilsner style lager with a clean, crisp finish, brewed in Mexico, and is brewed by same company that makes uh, Corona. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Corona is actually, if you read the Corona labels, it'll say uh, brewed at the Modelo Brewery or whatever. Hmm. Brewery Modelo. Uh, Cervecería Modelo, I think is what it's called. Um, yeah, so 4.4% alcohol by volume. volume and it's got, uh, yeah, it's a cool looking label, right? Yeah, the lions. Is that what that is? Yeah, I think they're called wee beasties, aren't they? <laughs> no? Did I get that wrong? <laughs> like all lions are like these particular no, ones. No, when you... when you, Yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's what I, that's what I was told by somebody, that uh, that icon, which is on lots of things, is the wee beastie. Yeah, there's definitely soccer teams that use it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, everybody Cincinnati does. FC, they were in the championship this year. Okay, and apparently it is a, if you Google Wee Beastie, it is, um, <laughs> it's a also the name of uh, a single malt scotch from Ardbeg Distillery. Huh. <laughs> Call it the Wee Beastie. Um, but yeah, I thought it was... Uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I guess I mean I'm, there's I guess a. I could be wrong. What is that? A cask on the? It's a barrel. Canada. Right. Yeah. Right in the front there. Yeah. It's a barrel with a line behind it, and then the two wee beasties on either side. <laughs> We're just gonna go with it as a wee beastie. Um. Yeah. Well, let's crack it open and see what it's. Yeah. I haven't tasted this beer intentionally. I think I've just had it like you know when I'm at a place and. When I first saw it, I thought these were, I thought they were griffins. I thought I saw a wing. Ah, uh, yes. You know, yes. Just like what, what Lila is inspired by. The, yeah. griff, the griffin door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, they're very well-trained um, large cats. Well, yeah, they're, they're holding like, up this sign. Holding, they hold up the logo very well. <laughs> <laughs> then the, the, that's their... That's their father on the inside of the logo. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Granddad Wee Beastie <laughs> hovering over. So the you can barrel. see the family resemblance. <laughs> you better, what phobia is that? <laughs> you better you better call the resemblance. <laughs> I got uh, Wee Beastie phobia. <laughs> All right, uh, it's not quite as light as some of the other yellow beers we've had. It's almost like got a golden hue to it, right? Yeah. Which it says right on the can, golden, yep. full-flavored Pilsner-style lager with a clean, crisp finish, brewed in Mexico. All right. It's curious what what you will say about a first mm. taste. Yeah. It is. It's, uh, yeah, it's got, it definitely has a little bit more of a full body than some of the other lighter things. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, uh, I get, I mean, in almost all Pilsner style beers, I almost always get honey character. It's a little bit, you know, like if you put honey on a, on a, like a wafer cracker or something like that, it's kind of what it tastes like to me a lot of times, but that's across, that's across most. Are there people doing Pilsner that styles. with honey out there? Putting it on wafers? <laughs> Putting it on like a cracker? Like a Ritz cracker? I don't I don't know. Yes, I'm sure people do that with their honey. Just honey? Yeah, I think some people like to just eat honey. Right? Well yeah. I, I like mean honey. some people like mix it into a like a 
tea or something. Right. I like will put it in like oatmeal or right, right. Add it, use it as a sweetener. But I think I think sometimes yeah, yeah. Well, you, I'll usually like add peanut butter if I'm. I put the peanut butter on the cracker or the English muffin and then add the honey. <laughs> I don't do just honey. That's like... Yeah, right. Well, no, I'm, I wasn't saying it's like something that people do. I'm saying it's <laughs> well, what... what it, I'm asking. Well, well, yes, but I'm answering a the question. question. <laughs> <laughs> a different question, yeah. No, I mean, I'm saying like that's that's kind of what it reminds me of is if you have like a light tasting, not salty, mm-hmm. you know, very light tasting wafer cracker that just tastes like grain. Yeah. And then you put a little honey on it. That's kind of what a lot of pills... And this one, it's very... I don't know. To me, that's very substantial in this. Yeah, I can't tell uh, every time you say something if like, okay, is that really, like, is my mind, is my mind is a powerful, dangerous, we know, horrible thing to <laughs> waste. Yes. 50, 58 episodes of your dangerous mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't tell if like, okay, yeah, that's honey. Yeah. Um, or if that's actually what it is <laughs> yeah and it's fairly um i mean it says with a clean crisp finish but it's not really all that crisp to me it leaves a little i mean it finishes like it doesn't leave anything it's pretty clean yeah it doesn't it is clean it doesn't leave anything yeah. in your on your palate you know like some beers you you taste them for a while after you drink it but like this crisp, is you would expect like a effervescent sort of mm-hmm. quality in the mouth feel yeah effervescence and also i would expect a little bit more hop character Hmm. When you say crisp, right? If you're, you using know, but I don't, I don't, I don't think of Mexican lagers as crisp necessarily. Hmm. I think of them as having a little bit, a little bit more of a, a roundness, a little bit more of a sweetness in the finish. Hmm. So. That's interesting because you think like warm temperatures. You think maybe just based on where you are drinking it, mm-hmm. the crispness. <laughs> Like sort of changes, like if it's like hot, middle of Mexico somewhere, um, maybe it does taste a little crispier. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, maybe it does, right? But I also think this is not this is not meant to be. I mean, this is Modelo Especial. Where you have to realize with these, like with lager beer, like light lager pilsner beer, light colored, you know. There's a whole like world of it, right? That for the most part, people who are into craft beer have kind of like skipped over all of that stuff because they went right to like big, huge, heavy flavors, right? So, especially now, like people who are into craft beer are super into you know wicked hoppy stuff and super juicy and wicked tropical and incredibly sweet, or they're into like massive flavors in beer like we just put you know blackberries and graham cracker uh extract and vanilla into a beer our brewer was had a it was a good idea he had a good idea to make a pastry sour essentially and it blew up on social media and it was like people were coming in the tap room like asking for it really yeah yeah just because people now just want like tons of intense flavor in their in their beers. And so when, when the reason I'm saying this is because when you start thinking about beers like this, you think, oh, that's just a light yellow beer. They're all the same. But we have discovered in 58 episodes, like all of the subtle differences across right. those. And even within, you know, similar styles, like Modelo Especial is, you know, 
is one version, but it's not meant to be a light beer, mm-hmm. right? We think of it as, oh, it's a that's just a light yellow beer, but it's actually not. <clears throat> you know, right. there's like Corona makes Corona and they make Corona light. Like mm-hmm. there's other, you know, there's subtleties in it. So this is meant to be like a, you know, full-bodied celeb- celebration kind of beer, you know, yeah. that you would... You would drink for special occasions, I think, is probably where it came from in, you know, 1925, right? That it's a kind of a fancier beer, right. you know, to, to a degree, because it's brewed a little bit, you know, a little bit more, quote-unquote, flavor, even though we look at it and be like, well, it's just a little yellow mm-hmm. lager. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what, um, like, yeah, why the skip over? I mean, there's definitely like that. Well, when I was in college and, and you, too, probably like the... Just the American college culture is drinking just like Bud Light and even even yeah lower quality things right right um, and then you you kind of like you're oversaturated mm-hmm. and then you want to like class yourself up right and so like yeah we would probably just like skip over something like this because yeah. It's like where it doesn't it doesn't class it up enough or like it right. feels too similar. That- yeah, you just think of it as it's just another yellow beer. Let yeah. me go have a you know wicked hoppy IPA, right, or a you know a ten percent stout with mm-hmm. all kinds of extra flavors added to it. That's like I think that's what's happened is, and then because craft beer became so popular with those certain styles. Mm-hmm. then everybody gravitated towards those and they kind of forgot like, oh, there's all these other like more simple, more subtle styles of, right. of beer, which is great. But I mean, because then people will have the option to come sort of back mm. and look through that stuff. It's like, you know, one of the biggest uh, light lager is one of the biggest growing styles of beer, you know, in, in the world. Um, right. <clears throat> and it's like what all of the, you know, classic breweries that, have been around for centuries make mm-hmm. there's a reason why they make that because it is the most appealing of all beers generally you know mm-hmm. so yeah i'd be curious what i mean what people from other countries kind of experience or what the sort of norm is because like when i was in romania it seemed like there were more more beers available like this right i mean i couldn't always read the label mm-hmm. um but they ended up sort of tasting like a lager yeah, I mean it, it was Europe, so yep. maybe that that was just kind of yeah. Normal. That's a huge but, thing there. I think um, you know it was. Re- I mean, it was really hard to find. A, I, I found a few like IPAs and different sort of like more mm-hmm. crafty mm-hmm. beers, but it was like it was almost like the lager was a their craft yeah. beer because there, there was other stuff that was yeah. not craft. <laughs> right, right. No, that's the thing. It's like they do they consider it a. a huge craft there mm-hmm. you know and the only i think the only reason the word craft ever came is because they, they had to figure out some way to distinguish people that are making beer for f- subtle flavor differences and you know those who are making beer for on you know on macro level just to pump it out as cheaply as possible mm-hmm. you know and that's what the that's what the big breweries were were doing is making good consistent beer but it was not done for for flavor it was done for well it was for flavor but it's not you know not for subtle subtleties right. of beer flavor you know yeah. it was to try to keep the flavor as saleable as possible so cool well modello special thank you jason yeah that's funny uh, yeah nice beer. light was the the other like we almost grabbed one of ah tastes, yeah so we yeah. knew they were have we done corona yet i don't think we've done corona yet no we didn't really venture into any european or yeah 
This is our first. This is our first uh, trip the, south of the border. Is yeah. that is that what this is? I believe. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, very good. Thank you. Um, I think we'll take a break now and uh, come back, and Jason's going to have his presentation for you here on the Music of the Spheres podcast, episode number fifty-eight. We will be right back. <laughs> Ah, such a dramatic entrance to segment number two. <laughs> there was a, a episode of uh, Better Late Than Never because that that's that was the theme song, mm-hmm. and uh, Heath had this uh, computer, like a yeah, like a face on it. Yeah, yeah. What do you call it? The, the J Rock two thousand or five thousand or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. There's something about it. Uh, it like. It was just his his iMac from like 2004, right. like a relic from <laughs> the, the dark ages, and uh, it like what the face wasn't on, so he saw everybody like freaking out behind the cameras and stuff, and he wondered like you know is, is like my fly undone? Is there like something on my face? Do we have to scrap the whole thing? Like cancel the show and. Um, I don't know. Then in his earpiece, I don't know if he even had an earpiece. <laughs> they held up a big sign. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, with Sharpie on it. Rock's not working. <laughs> uh, J Rock down. <laughs> J Rock three thousand. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Sounds it was some thousand, two thousand, three thousand, yeah. five thousand. Had like the like jackal inner teeth that would like move around. <laughs> I don't know what the purpose was of this. Like just in case Jason doesn't work as a co-host, I think I'll have this guy. No, I think that was like uh, it was the band. Like you know, you interact with the band leader kind of thing. But he didn't have a band. He just had my recordings that I sent him. That was you. That was, that was it. Was surrogate for me? Version yes, yes. Because he would used to call me J Rock. That's right. You know, because I was I rocked so hard that yeah. he had to put rock in my name. <laughs> uh says a lot about his friends in high school if you were the like rock and roll yeah yeah well he hung out with some nerds <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, yeah between two segments you were just talking about a game from, yeah uh, when when yeah. you were yeah it was heath that uh turned me on to that uh, that spicy meatball that. Yeah. yeah 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 lords of the realm too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me talk about that forget your segment <laughs> Is that the, is that the, your sound card is working fine, my lord? Yes, yes. The sound card is working fine, my lord. I started using that for, uh, there were like those passwords you had to, 
um, create like a little phrase for, and there would be like a little picture. Mm-hmm. I don't, they don't really have those anymore, but that was like a maybe the early aughts. Mm-hmm. And so like I had like a maybe like a treble clef was like the symbol. Yeah. And then um, it would show my phrase and it would be your sound card is working fine my lord <laughs> and then i'd have to type in my password but it was like an extra level of security yeah yeah if your symbol and your phrase showed up right and i i think i just i had heard you two joking around <laughs> i never played the game but i was like I, your sound card is working fine my lord that's funny so yeah it's oh it's a great game i bought my uh my dell computer from you know 20 I don't know, 2007 or something like that. Hmm. And I loaded it on there and it almost works completely fine. <laughs> Every now and then the display changes colors, but it goes back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so freaking fun. Well, I'm glad. I'm yeah. For you. Yeah. I would, I would suggest it to anybody. You can get it on steam. Cause if you have people that are gamers yeah. on steam, you can just download it there. You just have to buy a really old laptop or the wrong <laughs> game sent to you. <laughs> Send it back. <laughs> Spend like $60 on all of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it was new, it cost like 45 bucks oh. or something. So it's not that bad. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it would have worked if my if my computer, this computer was a Windows computer. Right. If that sound card was working. Yes. My sound card was not working fine, my Lord. My Lord. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What are you going to teach us about tonight, Jason? We're hungry. We're hungry for learning. We're hungry for expanding our horizons, All right. reaching new heights. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some more lyrics. We haven't, I haven't done this in a while. Oh, right, too. you play these messed up games with me. That's <laughs> <Messed laughs> what. Well, yeah, see if you can uh, guess the artist. I have the Google machine in front of me though, so it's not fair. Yeah, how fast <laughs> can you type though? <laughs> um, silver chair. It's not silver chair. Dang it. I listened to Diorama last night. Ooh. It was a good album. Yeah. All those lyrics don't make sense, though. No, so none of them make if sense. If I read it, you'd be like, that's yeah. Silverchair, but I... Yeah. Daniel Johns is just... He's, I don't know why you're saying this, and... He's way too smart for all of us. I is. think that's what it is. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> uh, here it goes. I feel like a quote out of context, withholding the rest, so I can be, for you, what you want to see. I've got the gesture and sounds, got the timing down. It's uncanny, yeah. You'd think it was me. Any any guesses? Um, no. You need more? <laughs> Give me a little um, more. Do you think I should take a class to lose my southern accent? Did I make me up or make the face till it's stuck? I do the best imitation of myself. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> not what i was expecting you to say <laughs> Frank Sinatra. no no no, blue eyes. no i know i actually have a guess i have a guess um uh jump little children Ooh, that is a good guess yeah no but not them yeah. no okay. <laughs> jump little children though i'm gonna stick with it even though yeah. it's wrong <laughs> there's a, there's an album to listen to vertigo mm. yeah that's yeah he's a heck of a singer that guy yeah, can't remember his name, but uh, Jay Clifford, I think. Ah, uh, okay. Did he also have a big red tongue? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was Ben Folds. 
Oh, Ben Folds. Ah, his song called Best Imitation of Myself. Okay. Which I think is like some of my f- favorite lyric work from from him. Mm-hmm. Just interesting. Um, and topical. You don't mean like, uh, give me my money back? Give me my money back? <laughs> that one? You be? Yeah. You be battery? And don't forget to give me back my black t-shirt. <laughs> Because, I mean, that one's, that's a song that everybody can resonate with. <laughs> yeah, song for the dumped. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who hasn't yeah. been dumped? This is the original, like, Taylor Swift lyric. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a southern boy. I mean, I'm sure yeah. she, she listened to that when she was in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. She's like, there's money to be made here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breakup songs. Uh, yeah. And it's topical for tonight's... Uh, oh, really? That wasn't just a fun game out of the blue? <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> I don't know how fun it was for everybody, but... Yeah, I guess we'll find out when they all email us. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to hit another Enneagram number. We should start emailing our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you heard of us? <laughs> hey, do you remember me? Hey, stop listening to episode 21 <laughs> and send us an email. <laughs> I know I was talking to uh, to our mother and she's like talking to me about the podcast. So that was kind of a like listener communication. <laughs> but she's talking to me about like episode 38. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess I, I was there. Do you, me- do you remember timestamp 23 minutes uh, episode 38, yeah. Jason, when you were being really funny? <laughs> Yeah, I remember being funny. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all. What is a fear of being funny called? <laughs> oh, man. That's very sad if there is a fear of yeah. being funny. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> what? <laughs> um, uh, there's some funny names here. Frigophobia. <laughs> All right. Um, Are those? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm derailing. Not real. <laughs> um, well, and we'll do another uh, guessing game here since it's a, another okay. Enneagram number. Okay. Um, oh, you're doing Enneagram? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Best imitation of myself. Yes. Uh, okay. We've done nine and mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. and five mm-hmm. do we do one i don't think so this is, so this is our fourth i believe so okay um so you have some some guesses okay left i guess yeah it's not gonna be nine or four okay or five yeah 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 um it's important for me to come across as a winner I love walking in a room and knowing I'm making a great first impression on the crowd. The keys to my happiness are efficiency, productivity, and being acknowledged as the best. I don't like it when people slow me down. Any any guesses about what number this mm-hmm. is? Um, I know how to airbrush failure so it looks like success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd rather lead than follow any day. Um... See, are any of these? I'm a world champion multitasker. 
Um, it's hard for me to not take work along on vacation. Oh, so sad. <laughs> um, I'm not one to talk much about my personal life. Sometimes I feel like a phony. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't mind cutting corners if it gets the job done more efficiently. Hmm. It's just some. All right. Yeah. I, 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 I think I have it. Yeah. Do you want to uh, <clears throat> yes, guess? Yes, if, if you'd like me to venture a guess, yes. Then I'll guess it's Enneagram Type 3. Type 3, that's correct, sir. The performer. The performer. Or yeah. maybe there's a different name in that. That's exactly what they yeah. call it in this yeah. book. The Road Back to You. Ah, yes. Yeah. Which was like, um, so I'm a nine, and uh, nines, when they're like not stressed when they're kind of doing the best imitations of themselves (laughs) have a lot of like good three like the positive three qualities Uh so for like i was just for a little bit i mean nine sort of made sense to me right away but i was like three is like because i had seen that in myself Mm -hmm. occasionally when i was being the best version of myself yeah um so I thought, I don't know, I thought three would be kind of interesting. I don't really think I know a three or can think of someone off the top of my head. I don't, in in my world, I don't really run across that type of yeah person very often. Well, the interesting thing is that, you know, threes are like eights, but the heart type version of them. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. That's what kind of what it feels like, but we can talk more about that right. as we go. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, healthy threes, they transcend the goal of merely looking good. That's kind of um, a main sort of foundation of the three: looking good, um, moving toward being known and loved for who they are, not for what they accomplish. Um, they try to find a better balance between like work, rest, succeeding, being happy. Um, they feel valuable, which unleashes a tender benevolence that is focused on the common good. So those are healthy threes in a nutshell. Average threes uh, push achieving to overachieving. Uh, they spend a lot of time at work or at the gym uh very image conscious uh which shows up in how they spend their time it's usually a lot of work less um less time talking about feelings talking about <laughs> you know emotions and lovey gushy type stuff <laughs> Um, but they might, they might like spend time coaching their children's sports teams, um, you know, striving for success in these Mm -hmm. other areas as well. Mm -hmm. Um, they see love as something to be earned. Uh, so they quiet the inner part of themselves, um, valuing what others define as success, striving to do more and do it better. Um, they 
are confident but also image conscious, so they worry that poor performance will cause them to lose standing in other people's eyes. Um, well, I wonder if, I mean, yeah, narcissism, if that is part of a lot of threes. Hadn't thought about that before, but hmm. maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then unhealthy threes find failure unacceptable, renders them unable to admit mistakes. Uh, they behave in a superior nature. Um, desperate for attention, they may turn to the deadly sin of self-deceit into the sin of intentional deceit. Hmm. Telling others fabricated stories about themselves and their accomplishments in order to maintain image. Uh, they can be pretty mean and vengeful. So, there was that. Yeah. You stay away from me on an unhealthy three. <laughs> Yikes. Ooh, <yeah. laughs> Sounds like a bad day. I was going to say, you know, after some bad food, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he tells a story. This is Ian Morgan Cron. Um, and Suzanne Stabile uh, grew up in Greenwich, <clears throat> Connecticut, home to many of the most successful hedge fund managers, venture capitalists and investment bankers in the world. Um there are more threes who live in Greenwich than child actors in rehab, he says. <laughs> uh, chief among them was my father. <laughs> oh, so he knows the three well. Yeah. <laughs> um, only, he's a four, right? Ian Morgan he Cron? A, he is a four. Okay. Yep. I think I remember that from when we discussed him before. Yep. Um, believed he could only be loved by appearing. Um, his father believed he could only be loved by appearing to be successful. Right. Um, so he did have a very glamorous, high visibility career, um, doing motion pictures. Um, but then it all fell apart, I guess, through a series of terrible personal and professional decisions. <laughs> he does not get into details. Um, And he says, in regard to his career, my dad was a failure, but you'd never have known it from looking at him or listening to him. Hmm. Um, still wore handmade suits from German Street in London. Drove a pricey British sports car. Um, and also wore a cravat. What? <laughs> I don't know if I know What's what a cravat? cravat is. How do you spell it? Uh, C-R-A-V-A-T. I'm assuming that's how you say it. Yeah. Um, is it like an ascot? Cravat. Yes. Uh, what is it? A short, wide strip of fabric worn by men around the neck and tucked inside an open-necked shirt. Yeah, it's like a short tie. Hmm. What is the difference between... A cravat and an ascot, of course. <laughs> uh, an ascot, also called an ascot tie, is a neck band that consists of <laughs> two wings of wide pointed fabric, usually of the same size, with a connecting strip 
A cravat is any cloth tied around the neck for decorative purposes and can therefore encompass neckties, bow ties, scarves, and even ascots. Ah, okay. So it's like a it's like a tie, but it's not it, it, it's not a tie. Hmm. You know, it's anything you put around your neck that's not the standard tie. Hmm. So, All right, there you go. The cravat. I could see how that would be hard to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's all. I mean, yeah, because y'all, because they can look like a fancy scarf, but you just right. kind of like tuck it into your shirt. Right, it could look like a really bad turtleneck. Yeah, or like you have a squirrel living on you. Yeah, or it's like you're hot and it's summertime, and you look oh, like you're yeah. wearing one of those like yeah. one of those things that you put in the fri- freezer for a while and then put it around your neck. <laughs> and it could look like you're wearing one of those. You know. Yeah, yeah. Did that guy just get done mowing his lawn. Those those things are gross, man. I don't know. Some people probably like them that are the listeners, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like somebody had them at the brewery. This because we have a big walk-in cooler, you know, so you can keep them in there and then put them on in the summer because we don't have air conditioning in the brewery. Oh yeah, no way of working. But then they like take it off and then put it right back in the thing. I was like, that's gross. What are you? <laughs> yeah, just gonna go should, go back and grab that again. Yeah, you like, should have to like wipe it off with a at least a sanitizer. Yeah, wipe. you should have to throw it in the fire <laughs> and then use another one. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the uh, whatever fumes from that smoke would be worse than any like <laughs> any like dead skin cells. <laughs> yeah, burning burning gym socks is never advisable. <laughs> uh, so so he goes on to tell about how his dad, you know, being an actor, embellished all these stories about people like Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, uh, Roger Moore, <clears throat> who was famously James Bond. All right. Um, and they were like partly true, but embellished, he said. Um, but the, you know, the main question he realized his father would kind of ask, maybe not verbatim, but what persona do I need to craft mm-hmm. uh, and put on to win these people's approval? Like very chameleon. Yeah. Like, um, and maybe uh, being a the president who was uh, also an actor, I wonder if like Ronald, Ronald Reagan was a three- yeah you just like it's like oh i'll put on the i'll be playing the part of president yeah for the next eight years uh, you know who do they want me to become before they'll love and admire me yeah so, um and he said it you know it took him like 30 seconds to figure that out and be that guy um he said once i witnessed my dad walk into a group of car mechanics standing around a service station and before he could say carburetor he picked up on their mannerisms, talk style, mood, and general demeanor. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad didn't know the difference between a muffler and a glove compartment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put your gloves in the muffler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe wear gloves before you touch the muffler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my dad didn't uh, know the difference, but by the time we left, those mechanics thought he'd been the host of Car Talk. <laughs> so, there you go. Click and clack. Click and clack. Yeah. <laughs> Never got a chance to call in. <laughs> I think when I uh, when I donated my car, like the clutch was going. Yeah, <laughs> like nice. I think that day, like, I the guy on the on the truck was like trying to put it in reverse, and he's like, "Is uh-huh. there like some trick to this?" Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, nope. not, not that I'm. Get a new car is yeah. a trick, yeah. and I'm doing it. Yep. Here, I'll help you push it onto this truck. That's the trick. Yeah. <laughs> you need two hands. Yes, now give me that write-off paperwork right now. Thank you. Yeah. And be gone with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Don't look any closer at the inside of this car. 
So three's deadly sin. You know, this is the same book we've been using. So, um, oh, it has some a few famous threes: Taylor Swift, Mitt Romney, and Tom Cruise. Tay Tay's a three. That's what it says. She must be the healthiest three of all. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Well, we'll have to ask Travis about that, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows what Travis is? Uh, she's a three. I would. I don't think I would have. Yeah. Yeah, I probably, I, I might have come to that, having mm. not been told. Yeah, I would have had her as a as a as a three or a four. I would have had her definitely as a heart type. heart type, definitely for sure, definitely. Yeah, the lyrics yeah. alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. She could also be a four. She could be a three with a four wing or a four with a yeah three wing. Oh, we'll get to the wings. So maybe yeah. Yeah. she's a three point seven five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there we go. We, oh, just man, we to... made it 57 episodes without talking about Taylor Swift on here. Did we really? I don't think. Did we, have we, not, sure have we, we talked about her before? About her before. We talked about her before? Okay. I'm sure. It's just the whole world is a Twitter about her and the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Like I was in a, one of the bars I was in today. Yeah. You know, they got ESPN on or whatever. Right, and right. somebody was interviewing Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, <laughs> about... Right, like makes $30 million a year being commissioner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the commissioner of the NFL. Like he has to like run the whole league. And they were asking him, what do you think about Taylor Swift going to the Super Bowl? <laughs> He's like, I think it's great for the sport to have her involved. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's, <laughs> this is... Uh, Celebrities go to the Super Bowl all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like what? Yeah, but we got to talk about it because it's her. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. And now she's taking over your segment. I know. <laughs> she, this is how she does it. <laughs> she's yeah. not even here. She she's doesn't even know three. who we are. We find her very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're impressed already. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now she's talking like me. <laughs> She's only known me for thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> she's taking over. This your... is how we. This is how we get more people. We put Taylor Swift in the. Yeah, the are you tabs. kidding me? I'm putting Taylor Swift all over this <laughs> show notes. Put, we'll see Kelsey just yeah. so we can put it in yeah. the show notes as well. Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. here's a little <laughs> premarital counseling for you. NFL, guys. we can put in Super Bowl and see if we can get shut down for using the word Super Bowl. <laughs> we were saying soup. Or bowl. Or bowl. <laughs> what would you like? <laughs> you can have one or the other. Yeah. That's, I'm that's not sure inter- what's in the bowl. <laughs> that's but. an interesting question, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like the, uh, would you would you like the soup with no bowl or would you like the bowl with no soup? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because <clears throat> with one, you get a vessel but are hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and the other, you're a little less hungry but you're like covered in soup. Right. And it's just like French onion soup. <laughs> that stuff is hot. <laughs> You'd be burned all over your hands, yeah, you know, like and melted like, cheese all over your face. What kind of soup are we talking about here? You know, mm-hmm. is it vichyssoise? Then maybe I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe go with a gazpacho, <laughs> a nice uncooked soup. <laughs> go with a yeah, one of those uh, borscht. <laughs> oh, beets would probably be really smelly though. Um, anyway, the three is deadly sin. <laughs> Yeah, we never got there. Right. Well, I saw Taylor Swift's name. <laughs> it's like, this book is new enough to say Taylor Swift? <laughs> no, it's not. It wasn't in there when the book was written. That's how powerful she is. She just, her name just goes she's, into stuff. It's in every book you read, probably. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. She's probably somewhere in the Gospels. Yeah. <laughs> she's infiltrated all yeah. of human history. The Virgin Taylor. She's just... <laughs> 
I don't know. Is that blasphemous? Maybe. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll find out when <laughs> when you get defrocked. <laughs> How did you get defrocked? I talked about Taylor Swift on the podcast. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you even want to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was just reading... Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame you if, after reading these stories, you pegged my dad as a poser. <laughs> I thought that was a f- funny sentence. Poser. Um, you know, his projected shimmering image of success. Um, would your heart warm to him if you knew that from the time he was a boy, things are getting real now. Yeah. yeah. He thought he had to constantly craft his image to win other people's approval. Mm-hmm. Until eventually he couldn't tell the difference between his fake image and his authentic self anymore. Mm-hmm. This is the performer's snare. According to the Enneagram, the deadly sin of the performer is deceit. Hmm. Not because they deceive others, but as much as because they deceive themselves. Right. Get lost in the persona. Mm-hmm. Lost in the lie. Right. Yeah. I'm doing an imitation of myself. But... As you can tell, maybe not the best, unless you're Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> she is the the real the real deal. Three. Um, Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote, "No man for any considerable period can wear one face to himself and another to the multitude, without finally getting bewildered as to which may be the true." Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. The idea of um, yeah. Well, I have a couple of thoughts that I'm going right. to say. Yeah, I mean, they <clears throat> so they lose touch with who they they are. They over-identify with a persona, um, fooled into believing their false images who they really are, and uh it's not unique to threes all of the numbers in the feeling or heart triad yay here's looking at you kid <laughs> uh i re- love heart stuff <laughs> <laughs> they reject the idea that they can be seen for who they are and can unconditionally loved mm-hmm. how could those two things be right right um <laughs> <laughs> i've got to come up with some sort of way to polish this turd <laughs> Uh, yeah. Instead of nerd alert. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they abandon their true selves to inhabit roles. Twos throw up a chirpy, likable image they can change in a heartbeat to please who they're with. Fours, it's a spoiler alert in the book, but we already got to you. Yeah, yeah. Project an image of uniqueness for reasons you'll learn about shortly. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to try to confuse the crap out of you. And then uh, the threes cast an image of success mm-hmm. to win admiration. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about immature threes there. Uh, threes have to be the star. Um, threes grow up believing the world only values people for what they do rather than who they are. Um, remember that? Uh, you, did you play the king, king of the hill or queen of the hill? game on the snowbanks uh, at recess yeah yeah i played well, it with you <laughs> oh in the driveway <laughs> yeah yeah the snowbanks in the driveway <laughs> yeah yeah and you and Corey, you know it was great yeah 
We made like an igloo with this all the snow we used to have. Yeah. Igloos and forts and stuff. Man, those are the days. Um but that's like what a three is doing, like just trying to um you know be king of the hill or queen of the hill as a mm-hmm. matter of life or death. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. Confusing success for love, threes who lack self awareness have to ace every test, close every deal, deliver a sermon mm. that rivals the I have a dream speech mm. every Sunday. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Rack up the accomplishments. And we've talked about they, you know, uh, being sort of shape shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, we are legion. They don't have one persona. Wow. Uh, That's cool. He's getting yeah. into the... Well, he's a minister, right? Yeah. Is he a preacher? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's getting into the Gerasene demoniac, <laughs> which I just <laughs> preached on like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it, it, yeah, it comes up early in the Gospel of Mark. So. Um, yeah. He says, at a recent <laughs> workshop, a sharply dressed woman came up during a break um, after a talk on threes and confessed... My business partner swears she can hear the sound of my audience analysis software launching in my brain when we walk into a room full of potential clients. Um, before the introductions are over, I know exactly who I have to become to close the deal. These chameleons, these threes. And I like I feel like a little like twinge of that. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's my I mean the connection the, between nine and three is obviously there um, in the Enneagram physically itself. Um, but then also the, the sort of connection I have to all these heart types mm-hmm. that I was surrounded by growing up. Yeah. Um, at least three of them in the same house. Right, right. Like, yeah. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I need some guts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. That's why you and dad are so close. Huh? Yeah. We were. We'd be nines together. Just, yeah. Just <laughs> gutting it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to dad at the brewery after church on Sunday. It's like three or four weeks in a row now. Like I, maybe every Sunday the be since of this calendar year, we've gone down to the brewery after church and mom and dad have been there mm-hmm. or I've gone down and they've been there. Um, and, uh, but anyway, we were talking about, somehow we got talking about the Enneagram, you know, and how about, oh, actually, cause we were talking about you and the, you know, and about nines and how they don't really show their anger except for, you know, when it really, you know, boils over. Uh-huh. Well, actually, cause it was talking about one time he got mad. We, I, tep- I typically talk <laughs> about parenting the middle schooler when I'm hanging out with them because you know, oh, yeah. they, they find it entertaining because <laughs> they, they don't have to do it. Yeah. Well, because because I'm getting, you know, uh, retribution for what you, yes. you know. Yes. I'm reaping what I sowed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm getting to. Yes. To get caught under the tractor in this field of parenting. <laughs> Touching the hot muffler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about that and, you know, how, uh, about how dad was giving me, you know, some strategy. Like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. I'm like, yeah, dad, that works for a nine. You know, he was talking about like, you know, just show her that you're going to go across the line. You know, put it, you said, take the whiteboard and draw a line on the whiteboard and say, you're, you've almost got me to this line, you know? And he said, but you do it very calmly. And I'm like, yeah, dad, that's a great strategy. And it works for you because you're a nine and nobody ever sees you angry. 
you know but i'm a four like my emotions are on my sleeve all the time she you know she says one little thing wrong and she knows how angry i am it's like i can't (laughs) i can't like spring my anger on her like uh Mm -hmm. you know so i i was telling him that and we talked about you know how jason's the same way you don't ever see jason i asked him have you guys ever seen jason angry and they're like (laughs) nope there was that one time (laughs) that i made you mad and we had a fight and they were like that was they both referenced that and that other than that, it was like they've never seen you angry. <laughs> so I, I think that was also because you were angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like you were angry all the time, Jordan. But he was he was fine. <laughs> oh, in that in that moment, you you were angry before I was angry. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I just let your emotions uh, uh, attach to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's try out this this heart yeah. type. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I don't like it at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Five minutes later, like, this sucks. <laughs> uh, I'm going back to my I'm going to go do what my gut wants me to and vomit. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's funny. I mean, uh, yeah, that's where, like, the Enneagram is pretty cool, where, like, the energy is just... Uh, if I mean, I guess I've said this before, which is why I make these part of this podcast. Is that it feels like like an energy that is ancient. It's kind of like it feels like it's mm-hmm. was like part of the the creation of humans itself, right? Where like siblings, we ended up with this different energy, right? Um, yeah, with with parents that have different energy than us. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in mom and <laughs> mom and my case, yeah. right. but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's why I like it. And and now as a, a therapist, uh, not that I talk about the enneagram with with clients yet. I probably will in the future. Yeah, when I get more comfortable with it. Um, but it is helpful. It's a helpful tool just to kind of, especially doing couples stuff. It's like I know I can kind of figure out what you two are and. Right. Like what the roadblocks will be. So, and it was helpful, like with, you know, just even just talking to dad being like, instead of being like, oh, you're just naive. That's not going to work. Right. I realized like it, it, it does work. And you know, Mm -hmm. whatever your strategy of how you're going to deal with another person can very easily work if you are that type. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that is a great strategy for a nine, you know, when you're trying to parent somebody and you want them to understand, like I'm getting close to my limit, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like that does work, but for other types, it may not, you know, and it yeah. goes, then that goes across the board to all other kinds of interactions and relationships of, you know, certain things are going to work, but only for certain types and certain combinations of types, mm. you know, so it's not just a, this always works for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what, what do you have a, uh, do you have a three wing? You have a five wing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Hearing you talk about the three, I, I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a support a, a parental support group for fours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I think I don't know. I think wings. Oh, I'll I'll save this for my bit. Okay. Yeah. Um. So there's a it says once in a blue moon when three slow down long enough to reflect on their lives. Um, they might feel that feeling of being a fraud. Um, uh, when this flash of insight comes, uh, 
then it surfaces a three's worst fear. What if there is no one behind the image? What if I'm no more than an empty suit? Mm. I mean, it sounds really scary being a three, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's not. I don't know. The other ones didn't scare me. Like This doesn't sound very pleasant yeah, there's, at all. There's two or three of these types I was like, I would not want to be. Yeah. Um, unless threes have a wise spiritual advisor who helps them stay with that feeling of emptiness long enough to give their authentic self a chance to emerge, they panic and retreat back behind their persona. That makes sense too. At least it's a safe place where you like know a little bit of something. Mm -hmm. Maybe not know, you don't know who you are, but um, you can trick other people into thinking they know you. (laughs) Right. right, (laughs) Wow. Um, All about threes or performers. Um, A lot to love about healthy threes. This is the Taylor Swift section here. (laughs) Uh, They're optimistic, resilient people with audacious dreams who inspire others. Um, When they're spiritually healthy and self-aware, they have nothing to prove. They want to talk about your dreams and celebrate your accomplishments. That's nice of them. Um, Not a hint of falseness about an evolved three. Yeah. <clears throat> so like if you can like be an evolved three, it sounds really good, but like right. it sounds really hard to to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um well I mean, yeah. I mean it's you're hard. also a nine. Right? So it's just like, yeah, everything's chill. <laughs> it's easy being a nine. You just <laughs> clear the schedule, keep me free, and just let me right. chill out. Yeah. You know, I'm good to go. Right. That's that's not a healthy nine though. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably getting like high blood pressure. And, yeah, yeah, because they're just eating nachos yeah, all the time and not letting their <laughs> anger out. <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I only get angry when I run out of nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got a breaking point. For me, it's the end of the Doritos bags. <laughs> um. Uh. They're generous and wise, often volunteer their considerable skills, helping organizations. These are still healthy nines. Yet there is a sad restlessness for unhealthy threes, always striving, always keeping an eye out for advancement. Um, They're somehow always working crowd as if asking, how am I doing? Well, let's see kind of says the same stuff uh let's see they spoke at a conference the two authors ian and suzanne um an audience full of very successful people one night a corporate lawyer in his mid-60s uh shared with the group how he had once believed life was all about what you owned uh who you knew and how good you looked until at age 50 he had a meet jesus crisis that brought him face to face with himself um and this man, David, put a lot of effort into knowing and becoming his true self, said, touching his hand to his heart. Oh, such a good heart type. <laughs> Today, I think far less about working and winning and more about Daviding. David-ing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he would be an example of a highly evolved three. Yeah. Um. Threes do feelings more than have feelings. That's another way to put it. Uh, They will unconsciously observe how other people are expressing their emotions and copy them. That all makes sense. Uh, 
In the moment, they can be feeling depressed, angry, or scared and maintain their upbeat, confident poker face. Um, let's see. Feelings are messy and they slow your progress toward your goal. So they're not, there's not a lot of value in spending time with them. This is what the threes are thinking, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Um, the message a three might have picked up in childhood is that it's not okay to have your own identity or feelings. Um, as kids, threes might have felt they needed to set aside their true selves to become a prototype of whatever sort of person the important people in their lives associated with success. He said, uh, I once said to a three in his spiritual journey, how much... You must have loved your father that you left your true self behind to please him. Hmm. Um, here's a question, <laughs> if you wanted one. The audience <laughs> was ready for a question. Yes, yes, I'm always ready for a question. What would incentivize threes to change in a culture that applauds and rewards them for embodying our cultural definition of success? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, America is a three country. <laughs> uh, see countless numbers of us look at threes and think man i wish i were him or her right exhibit a taylor swift I yeah guess. yeah exactly yeah, i'm just gonna say her name as much as possible <laughs> uh, <laughs> who doesn't want to be with travis kelsey no i mean <laughs> yeah he gets i mean yeah he gets touchdowns he right He's got he's got a podcast with his brother. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. I bet they get emails. They probably <laughs> they probably don't read them. I'm sure they get them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they. they I know. I think of the think of the sadness there. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would read it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. If the Kelsey brothers aren't reading your emails, send them our way. We'll, we'll talk even about read, what it's like to play football. We'll even read your, yeah, we'll, we'll read your Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey emails. Yeah. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a interview with our yeah. show. <laughs> we can talk about how that connects to an ancient civilization. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, maybe, I mean, it is, for some people, it's a mystery of the universe. Why this is even happening in the first place. Yeah. yeah. So, why, why should I care about these two people? Yes. <laughs> It's a mystery. I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, uh, countless numbers of us look at threes and say, man, I wish I were him or her. I say this, he, Ian says this, because we are all complicit in perpetuating a world that encourages these wonderful folks to continue living in service to a lie. It's wrong of us to ask threes to use their gifts to help grow our companies or raise money for our church's capital campaign, especially since when we're done using them, we turn around and criticize them uh, for being inauthentic or narcissistic. Ooh, yeah. Um, wow. Calling out all the other numbers right yeah, there. that's right. Yeah. yeah. And he said that's why the, the two of them love the Enneagram. Um, doesn't knowing the world view and motivation that drives the three's personality help awaken in our hearts some compassion for their and hopefully every other number's plight. Yeah. Which is what you were just saying about your conversation with dad, right? It's like, yeah. oh, I mean, I 
I know that wouldn't work for me and I could easily just be like, that's, you know, that's crap advice. Yeah. Yeah. Horse pucky dad, horse (laughs) pucky. (laughs) Um, but you know, you can see it from, right. From his perspective that, Oh, I could see that working for you. And I told him, I said, that would be a great strategy. Yeah. It, you know, if I were you, yeah. And Lila didn't ever see me mad. Lila seen him mad one time, you know, mm. and it's because he went across the red line. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. And he didn't have any, yeah, I don't remember him having a whiteboard with yeah, no, never, race never, markers. Yeah, we never got a warning. Yeah. You know, it's like, we always thought you were not even that close to being angry. You know? <laughs> All of a sudden, my truck was being kicked across the room. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad. Um, so yeah, we talked a little about threes as children, um, which probably, I mean, it's probably a lot of threes have that story of uh, a, a parent or some sort of figure who really wanted them to be something specific or mm-hmm. um, push them to kind of have that tunnel vision of sorts. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe ones too with like the perfectionism mm-hmm. also get some of that, but um yeah just like having that preferred image i mean it makes sense that a place like greenwich connecticut would have a lot of threes Mm -hmm. image conscious uh sort of little pocket of society there um let's see threes in relationships um as a number least in touch with their feelings on the enneagram it only makes sense that threes would have things to work out in the relationship department um, I think that's just under the unmentionables floor in the <laughs> department store. <laughs> uh, it's just a funny word, unmentionables. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Yeah. Don't say it. Shh. Don't even mention it. That's unmentionable. <laughs> anyway, Jockey texts me like 12 times a day. Yes. So. They're very mentionable. <laughs> yeah, they're going against their own code. <laughs> Um, now we all know your brand. So that's great. Hey, isn't that, that's the world's... We're talking about the world's most popular beer, I think. Pretty oh. sure Jockey is the world's is most popular really? underwear. Wow. I've never yeah. even had the pleasure. You don't know what you're missing. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's Hanes. That's, that's probably Hanes or like Fruit of the Loom. <laughs> <laughs> is that still a brand? I don't know, but it's a great name. It is. A company that makes underwear. <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, you know, threes want to project the image of the perfect family to the outside world. Um, but that can exhaust the rest of the people in your family. Um, they are eager to make the right impression and can consciously or unconsciously act the role of the quintessential devoted parent and spouse. Um, other threes on autopilot can unconsciously view their partner or their relationship with them like an action item or their task management list. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Relationships of spiritually unevolved threes suffer because they're usually workaholics. Um, Let's see. They do have a supernatural talent for multitasking. They can juggle driving, closing a multi-million dollar deal on the cell phone eating a sandwich listening to an audio book um and conversing with their spouse about a problem one of the kids is having at school 
Um, it's Cirque du Soleil. Impressive. <laughs> Unless you are their partner, child, or friend who feels devalued and less important than the mm. three's ambitions. Mm. Um, they alter their appearance, so keeping a circle of friends is difficult. Um, they don't have complicated or demanding friendships that take time and energy away from accomplishing goals. Uh, and as, as maybe we've kind of discovered Richard Rohr, who is a, uh, what is he? A priest? Uh, uh, the saddest number on the Enneagram is an unsuccessful three. He huh. says one whose ambitions were greater than their talent and then Ian Cron says, I would add, it's heartbreaking to meet threes in the second half of life who never woke up to their own game. Mm. Uh, terrible to be seated next to a 70-year-old guy at a dinner party who is still dropping names, telling you where he went to college or boasting about how young he was when he made partner and how much money he cashed out with at retirement. Yeah. Three is the loneliest number? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was one, but uh, yeah. Well, they were three dog night. <laughs> yeah, uh, they know. would know. They would know. <laughs> um, a lot of the same stuff for threes at work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's get to the wings. <laughs> <laughs> you excited about that? Yeah, yeah. It's difficult to be a three with a four wing. Does that make sense? Uh, fours as. Well, well, as we already know, are romantics who care greatly about depth and authenticity. Mm. These people, these people, these people. Uh, <laughs> I think he can write that because he is one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, take having a rich inner life to a whole new level. Huh. Um, but because threes can be chameleons and fours value authenticity, uh, three with a four wing experience tremendous confusion and interior dissonance. Um, at the same time, they're projecting an image to please the crowd. The four wing is pointing at them and screaming, phony, fraud. <laughs> wow. That's where some like schizophrenia comes. Yeah. Bipolar. Yeah. Um, threes with four wings are more introspective and in touch with their shame and other feelings than threes with a two wing. They're sensitive, artistic, emotionally intense, and they work more carefully on crafting the right image. Threes with four wings aren't as driven to be stars, um, but they can be more pretentious. Uh, let's see. Threes with a two wing, charming and intimate. Intimate. Uh, threes with a two wing make great entertainers, politicians, salespeople, and pastors. Huh. Uh, when their lust for attention and recognition overtakes them or when they feel unappreciated, however, they can become angry and hostile. More uh, more than with the four wing, they need to be stars. They actually embody some of the characteristics they have employed in an effort to be seen as more loving, generous, and kind. These threes still have a strong desire to be recognized for their achievements, but they also use some of their energy to help other people be successful. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just a little bit, a little bit more stress and security. Um, so that kind of like. Um, doing well versus not doing well. Um, so in stress, they take on characteristics um, of an unhealthy nine. Oh. Uh, they retreat to the couch with the remote 
and the nacho cheese. <laughs> Ian Morgan Cron didn't write about nachos. <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I added that just for effect. Um, or they lose themselves in unproductive busy work. Ah, um, oh, yeah. Unhealthy nine. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fun time. Uh, seemingly worn out, they lose their characteristic optimism and confidence and become self-doubtful. And they lack motivation, um, lose interest in working out, eating healthy food, or paying attention to their appearance. Uh, so they just let it all, <laughs> let it all go. Let it all go. Yep. Yeah. Slip yeah. slide past even the average yeah. nine. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> the one thing I'm going to achieve is being a really bad nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got one thing left to achieve in this world. Uh, and then when they're feeling secure, they move to the positive side of a six. Hmm. which you haven't talked about much, um, where they become warmer and more in touch with their feelings and their feelings of others. They're less competitive and defensive. Threes in this space have more energy to devote to family and friends. Um, you know, sixes being kind of like the, um, right, like loyalty is a big part of six and being like a part of a family, if that makes sense. Uh, no longer needing to be the star. They care more about what's best for the group. Um, they can experience being loved for who they are instead of what they do. And then just the, uh, the spiritual side of things to finish out. Being a three and living in America is like being uh, an alcoholic living above a saloon. In our success and image-obsessed culture, they are more revered and rewarded than any other number uh, on the Enneagram. So is it any wonder spiritual work is hard for them because hmm. the adaptive strategies of their personality work so well and for so long, they might not start working on themselves spiritually until midlife or when they fail and can't cover it up. So... He, uh, he writes, inevitably, as threes awaken spiritually and become self-aware, they feel naked and ashamed. And there's no getting around it. In that moment, what they need is a kind but strong friend who will call them back to the truth of who they are should they start marketing and packaging themselves for mass consumption all over again. Actually, we all need at least one friend who can encourage us in the struggle to become ourselves. It's not work one should do alone. Um, we all need to hear we are loved for who we are, but threes need to hear it until the day comes when they look in the mirror and see not an image so much as the reflection of a child of God or, you know, he writes God, but on our podcast, mm -hmm. whatever higher being. Mm -hmm. um, the healing message for threes is you are loved just for who you are. Angels sing when this message penetrates a three's heart. Oh. That's, that's what he says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's probably one of Taylor Swift's songs they're singing. <laughs> <laughs> the angels. Yeah. I mean, can we think of a more angelic voice? <laughs> Actually, she's become a much better singer in the last few years. Yeah. There's videos on YouTube about that as well. Wow. Well, she's a three. He's got to achieve that, mm -hmm. you know? to get better yep well thank you ian morgan cron for bringing up taylor swift <laughs> <laughs> it's really gonna do do a number of good things for our podcast uh, you have no idea yeah yeah awesome great well thank you jason for that uh 
delve into the three on the Enneagram, and uh, we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back here on the Music of the Spheres podcast. to the Music of the Spheres podcast, episode number 58. We're entering the final segment of this episode where Jason has just shared with us about the Enneagram. Again, we've uh, now heard about type number three. So that's interesting. So you don't think you know any anyone hmm. that's a three now that you've gone through it a little bit? Do you think you... Well... I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure I, because if, if, uh, I'm sh- probably seminary was when I was maybe most surrounded by them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah, especially those younger guys maybe who are, um, I would I'd describe them as like a little more flash than substance right right <laughs> that doesn't that even sounds too mean though yeah yeah <laughs> well it's tough because you're a nine you can't say snarky stuff without feeling a little bad you're like the peacemaker you know right, right? Yeah. but yeah. i'm a four so I, i'll just let them have it yeah, yeah. <laughs> right but yeah no I, I know what you meant right like I, I didn't necessarily think of that first but yeah definitely that experience of because you can especially i don't know as a four right i can like you were saying, like the three with a four wing, the four part of it is like, you're being a phony. I can tell mm-hmm. you're a fake, you know? And it's like the fake part is what's always been, you know, a, mm-hmm. a challenge for me, uh, you know, watching when I know someone's being a faker, you know, that's like, that's tough. Yeah. So you can, yeah, you can see it. And then you know, like being a four, I just, I see it, I feel it. And I'm like wanting to call it out, but it, you know, so then I feel like I'm being a jerk, you know, <laughs> but it's just, uh-huh. you know, it's just the way of the way of threes and fours. They're sure. so close. They're right next to each other on the Enneagram. They're both heart types. So it's like sometimes when you're that close, it's like, it's easier to be a little snarky with one yeah. another, you know, yeah. I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if threes and fours, uh, are oftentimes, you know, close friends. I know like we've talked about it when we were talking about fives. But fours and fives tend to make really good friends mm-hmm. because they both have what the other one's missing. You know, like the five has that, 
you know, the um, analyzing uh, intellectual mm-hmm. part that the four is always just feeling stuff. You know, right. it's like, oh, this is great. Look at the way you thought through that stuff. That's really cool. Very interesting, you know. Yeah. And then the five's like, what's it like to feel stuff? And, you know, they can, you know, they can sort of feel through you. Yeah, yeah. They can both like, like you're a feelings ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's like vicarious, you know, living for both of them. Yeah. You know, but but a three and a four, there's, it feels like there might be a little bit more clashing. Yeah, I haven't really that, thought about that. But. In that relationship. Like they might, yeah, poke on each other a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I thought that was, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I, I know a three, um, I won't mention who, but yeah, definitely. And so much of what you're talking about is, you know, played out. They're in a healthier place now, but there was a time when they weren't. And mm-hmm. so watching that experience of, you know, maybe not being, uh, in a healthy place was, was interesting. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so I have a couple of questions that I wrote down while you were talking. So I was, I'm just going to ask you the questions and see what you have to um, to share with me about. All right. Um, so the first the first one is a sort of a more of a broad question about the Enneagram because I've I've often wondered, and maybe I don't know if you've thought this too or not, but there's the nine types, but of the nine types, there's the three centers. So Mm -hmm. the top of the circle is eight, nine, and one, and those are the gut centers. And if you're looking at it, the bottom left of the circle is the five, six, and seven, and those are the head centers. And then the bottom right of the circle is the two, three, and four, and those are the heart centers. So you have your three centers, right, where you kind of, uh, where you center your existence. Mm -hmm. Do you feel you know emotions through is that how you engage with the world are you more you know sort of engaging on an intellectual side or are you more engaging engaging on the you know gut feelings gut reaction side yeah right so those are the those are the main sort of centers and then each one has three types and so i've often wondered if if a if each type has like a mirror uh in the other center you know and it may be not connected with the with the arrows because the center arrows make a triangle between three, six, and nine, mm-hmm. um, which I thought is interesting that it's, you know, three, six, and nine, um, which is beautiful representation of, you know, numbers there with the symmetry of three and six and nine, mm-hmm. and that they also make this triangle right in the middle of the Enneagram. It's, I don't know. It's just really neat symbology there, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, that's beside the point. Um, so it wouldn't be connected with the with the arrows that connect the numbers, this idea of a mirror type in another center, because my main basis for the idea is the three mirroring an eight mm-hmm. and an eight mirroring a three. Like it's, they're oftentimes difficult to tell the difference between the two if you don't know them well, mm-hmm. if you don't know the person well. And that's because the that's because the three can do such a good job of looking like whatever it wants to. Mm-hmm. And it looks like an eight, you know, a lot of the times so the three will yeah. appear to be an eight. So does it have, you know, so then I'm, so then it makes me think, well, what would be, you know, that type in the, you know, in the head center, would that be the seven, you know, cause I oftentimes will get, sometimes I'll get a seven confused with an eight, you know, cause seven is, 
you know, the adventurers are the ones that's like, you know, they just sort of jump into stuff and go for it and, mm-hmm. you know, experience junkie kind of person. So you tend to think of them as an alpha type personality, yeah. which eights are. So then you think, so you get them mixed up, but they operate from a different place. The seven is coming from their head center, whereas the eight is coming from their gut center. Mm-hmm. So, but they're similar types. So our seven, eight, and three kind of mirror types. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then what are the other ones, you know? Right. I would argue that four and five might be mirror types, mm-hmm. you know, even though they're very different. But they oftentimes tend to be, you know, people who are uh, creative. Both both types are creative mm-hmm. and both types are authentic, uh, you know, not really interested in, you know, putting up personas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So then does that mirror with the nine maybe? I don't know, four, nine, five, is that, so that would leave then uh, twos and sixes and ones, right? I don't know, like, and and twos and ones, yeah, sometimes you see a similarity there because twos want to be uh, perceived as good and helpful and, you know, that I'm doing the right stuff, which is a one, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of with the perfectionism and the right way of doing things. But, you know, and then the six always has, this is the right way to do stuff because, you know, I've, I've thought through like the, you know, all of the consequences of if we don't do it right. So here's the right way to do it Mm because this is the safest for, for me and the community. And so is six, one and two then, you know, and I'm just coming up with these off the top of my head going off the whole, like, all right, three and eight can kind of mirror one another Mm -hmm. sometimes. So I just wonder if, I don't know if you've ever heard of that or if you've ever thought about it or if it's. Or if you think that what I've just said has any merit or if it's just a load of horse pucky. But hmm. I don't know. Because it does seem like that. Because that's... The reason I ask is because oftentimes when people, you know, at, at start talking about it with me, they'll ask me, well, what do you think I am? Or what do you think this is? And, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes like Enneagram people say, oh, you shouldn't guess a type and have somebody take a test. You know, you want to influence them. But I usually tell them that. And then I'm like, well, we can just still talk about it if you want to. That's cool. <laughs> But oftentimes I will get, I will get them, I'll get them confused between centers, you know, but usually those types kind of come up it's like, well, if you're like this, but you're a heart center or a head center, I usually, that's what I'll usually ask them. I'll usually ask them, you know, which center do you feel like you are Mm -hmm. to, to begin? And then that narrows it down. I don't know. What do you think about that? All that stuff I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I got to drink some beer now. Please, you go. Hey, hey, cheers. You get the first, uh, you're the first guest to share any beer out of my kegerator. All right. I think what you're saying, um, I feel like there's a lot of, like, that's a good hypothesis. Um, educated guess. I learned that in... Uh, <laughs> elementary school i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily call my guesses educated (laughs) (laughs) i don't you've read a lot on the enneagram yeah but i'm sitting over here holding my magic wand that's what made me think of it (laughs) (laughs) i'm holding my magic wand (laughs) Uh, careful at universal with that i know i think you stole it yeah exactly it looks just like something out of harry potter it's what you bring on your carry-on right yeah i'm sure they let you bring this on the plane right (laughs) You're like, yeah. I'm a wizard. Yeah. I need it. 
<laughs> okay, sir. Yes, it's sharp and pointy yeah. on the end, but I need it because <laughs> I'm a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> we keep our straight jackets back there. <laughs> Row 32, seat B. <laughs> but my ticket says cockpit on it. Yeah, especially, th- I mean, especially three and eight. That's where it all started yeah, for yeah. me. Just because I think I read something somewhere where it actually said that kind of explicitly, like threes and eights are oftentimes mm-hmm. confused for one another. Yeah, with with the difference being where it all comes from. It comes from a different place in their being, but it manifests in similar behavior. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I wonder about. You know, are there other types that look the same? You know, but it's manifesting. But it's manifesting in a similar way, but it's originating in the person's being in a different place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm speaking from like I I have connected more with like as a nine, like with fours and fives. Actually, now that you talk about it, mm-hmm. um, those seem to be the people that I can be mo- most authentic or real with yep um and it just feels sort of normal right um you should write a book on this because i think there's a, i think there's something here <laughs> or we should look and see if somebody already has written a book on it right but i think there are mirror types you yeah. know where it's like you manifest in the same way uh but you're you're originating a different place you know, I mean, I two two of the people in my band are fives that I play with. You know, and we there's a lot of things where you look and be like, you guys are kind of similar. You know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but but the way that the end the end is the same. You know, and but the driver to get to that end is different. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I wonder if it's. Um... I would probably start by looking at like what the healthy, like what the healthy version of, of those numbers, like what, what are people striving for? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that might be, that might be where more connection, I could make more connections in, in my own mm-hmm. mind. Um, more so than like when the, you know, the, deadly sin or whatever right each number that those are all going to be pretty specific to the number right right um yeah and you wouldn't necessarily want to look you want to look at it all in the same state right whether they're in in health or stress or right just average you know you want to look at them in the same state and be like all right what is the what is the connection between these these types Mm -hmm. um because yeah i do i think you're right you know i think types tend to have good relationships with other types and maybe it's because of that you know Mm -hmm. like fours and fives do relate well to one another because the the end of what they're trying to do is ends up being quite similar though they you know they're doing it from something that's totally different Mm -hmm. which makes it attractive to the other person because you say oh that's cool you you know you provide me with an experience that I wouldn't have on my own if I can, if I'm close to you and I can hear what your story is like then I get to you know have your experience inform how we got to a similar end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of a neat idea. So yeah. I just had that question. Um all right. 
then kind of along those same lines, um, it seems like, cause it was taught, you talked a lot about like types doing the whole chameleon thing. Um, like the three do, being, you know, very good at the chameleon. Obviously they're the, they're the chameleon expert on the mm-hmm. Enneagram. But I often wonder like, because we, when we talk about the Enneagram, you always have that. Well, I feel a little bit related to that type too, or I feel a little bit like that. Right. One. You know, especially when you're talking about it with people, you know, I've had people tell me before, like, well, I think I'm like two or three of them, you know, or does it change who you are when you, you know, can you be mm-hmm. like a three for this part of your life? And then you end up as a five and you know, like yeah. stuff like that. I've had people kind of make those arguments. I usually kind of say like, no, you kind of are what you are. Which number doesn't want to be labeled? (laughs) Yeah. That's the number you are. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like I I feel like they all have the ability to all types have to a degree, maybe not all types, but most of the types have an ability in some way to do the chameleon thing. Because I think that's a natural human tendency, right? To pick up the mannerisms of people that you're hanging out with and to figure out in a social setting what what Mm -hmm. am I supposed to try to do or be here in this group. Right. I think we all do it. I wonder if what, what the difference is is the level of comfort that the type has in that particular setting. Some people might be like, oh, this is really stressing me out that I have to try to fit into this group and become mm-hmm. something slightly different. Right. You know, whereas other types like the three are going to be like, this is perfect. I can nail this. This is easy. And just figure out real quick who I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be and I can be that and it's all good. Um, whereas a four might say, well, I don't want to not be me. Mm-hmm. You know, but a four probably, this is another thing that I've <laughs> wondered. Like, um, you know, I, I've... I've experienced the ability to, to do that as well. You know, mm-hmm. I can, cause I, I mean, just for my, for my work, right. Yeah. You know, I have to talk to different people all day long that are all in different places about different stuff. And mm-hmm. I have to like very quickly try to pick up where they're at, you know? Yeah. Now, because I'm a four, I think mostly it's like trying to figure out where their emotional state is, right. you know, yeah. and how do I make an accommodating? Yep. yep. Here's my, here's my, um, visual feelings wheel that I carry around with me. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. This is somewhere in the, uh, the joy section yeah. of my pie. Yeah. 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 It's been all my whole day thinking about pie, <laughs> but I do. I mean, I really do. Like I'm trying to get the emotional landscape of a, of a person or a group of people mm-hmm. when I, when I get there, you know, to wherever I'm at. And usually when I'm nervous about something, that's usually what it is, is like nervous about like, what's the, you know, emotional like hard group to read. Yeah. Yeah. Emotional. Right. Or if it's like new people in new places mm-hmm. and I, you know, I don't know, I don't have any, you know, I don't have any information going in. I'm going in blind, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to yeah. be ready to feel my way through that group and see how everybody's doing, feeling, and <laughs> they got to feel like, your way through the group. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know? pardon me. Yeah, yeah. So, excuse me. I'm just feeling <laughs> my way through this group. <laughs> I can get swatted all the time. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I do, you know, and, and so I have to do the chameleon thing a little bit in some way, but the difference is, is like, I'm, I think I have to try to figure out how do I, how do I access 
you know, whatever emotional place I experience in myself that will match or be accommodating to Mm -hmm. the setting that I'm in. Yeah. The difference seems to be like the four understands who they are Mm -hmm. as they're trying to do that. Right. And the three loses self there isn't being anybody. Right. Which is why they're so good at it. Right. There's nothing to set aside. Right. You're not covering anything up. Yeah. Because, of, well, you are, but it's covered so deeply that you don't right, have to worry yeah. about it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's true. So I think, some, I, think, I think all types, every, I think every person that is good or just that is good at relating to others is able to do that to a degree. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. It's where, where does it come from in that individual, right? Does it come from, okay, I understand myself and I can adjust mm-hmm. myself, you know the whole like read the room kind of thing you know like i know like what kind of things to say and not say Mm -hmm. here in this context you know or i know like you know what kind of attitude is going to work and what won't you know that's just comes with knowing oneself Mm -hmm. how to be the me that fits with this crew of people whoever it might be but then i think yeah that's the difference right is that that come whether you're doing it from a place of self-knowing or whether you're doing it from a place of self-hiding Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe that's the difference right. yeah. of the two. Yeah. Um, so a lot, kind of along those same lines, I, I, wings is always been an interesting topic for me because I think of Enneagram people, you know, people like to talk about it, right? Enneagram people, they always like to talk about wings, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, for me, like the whole wing thing has always felt like, it's almost like I, I, um, I, I sometimes wonder if it's if if that's the part of the enneagram that ha- happens to be more environmental or more situational, contextual, contextual, more more nurture less nature kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. Like there's some some of the stuff is just this is how you're wired, right? You know, this is the way that you know may, whether it's early early life experience or whether just you're just like this from birth. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe it's even a past life makes you a certain kind of type. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's something on the Enneagram. But uh, but I wonder if the wing tends to toward a little bit more towards your environmental context. You know, so mm-hmm. for example, like one might look at me and say, I'm a four with a three wing. You might look at that very easily because I am a performer. You know, I do, I play in a band and, you know, there's aspects, though I'm being authentic, there's aspects to leading worship that is, you know, similar to performance, yeah. you know, where you have to, you have to lead something in a way that is mm-hmm. charismatic, you know, or, or whatever it's, you know, right. If somebody doesn't, you know, listen to this podcast and know sort of your, your very five-ish interests, well, not introspective, but like sort of like information gathering side mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, you know, curious about, right? Like they would see, yeah, bass playing Jordan and Pastor Jordan and right, like, yeah, oh yeah, performer. Yeah, I mean, I get all the time. People are amazed when they find out I'm not an extrovert. You know, sure. They're like, oh, really? You like, oh, you yeah. walk right up. People start talking to them, and you do this. You say hi, and you blah blah blah. You know, but the difference is like that is that is work for me, you know, and it, and it, you so. people are emptying my bucket. Yes. <laughs> Put it back in the bucket. <laughs> I don't even have, what, what do I have? My bucket's got whatever, a leak in it. <laughs> whatever you took, put it back. 
<laughs> it's like the soup with no bowl again. <laughs> Got a bowl with no soup. Uh, but yeah, I, so there are people will oftentimes look at me and be like, "Oh, you're you know you're clearly an extrovert. What do you mean you're you're an, an introvert?" I'm like, "No, I am." You know, and and I explain it, and then they're like, "Oh, I get it." When I explain it, but most people would say you have a three wing, but then at the same time, it's like, yeah, I'm, I play Lords of the realm too, because it's a nerdy video game made in 1994 and it's amazing, you know? And, and I love like watching, going down the YouTube rabbit hole and watching videos about fascinating theories about stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I do have that, you know, sort of analytical. Yeah. I've talked I mean, the work that I was doing for the brewery today, you know, or I'm, I analyzed all the, you know, you know, best accounts for each rep and I, you know, mm-hmm. categorize it all and it like, right. you know, I liked putting that all together and getting everything organized. you're four, you're doing it in a different place than a five would. You're, yeah. you're at a bar doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to make jokes in the email when I send it. <laughs> yeah. Bad jokes because I only make bad ones, but jokes nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, that, like that's, um, you know, I'm, I'm both, you know, mm-hmm. I think I, and I think it's environmental. I would suggest perhaps that it's environmental just because given the scenario of something, whatever I'm right. called to do, or, you know, I need to, you know, I can go to that three wing if I need it, right. you know, and access that, uh, you know, I can, I can put on a persona if I, if I need mm-hmm. to, you know, I won't, I won't do it to the point of losing self, but I can be something if right. I need to, you know, put on an act for something, you know, I had to give a presentation at a, uh, a couple weekends ago, I had to give a presentation in front of a group of people at this Albany wine, dine food and wine festival thing, you know, with wow, some other guy. Name. That's a really, yeah, well, I kind of butchered it a little bit, <laughs> but I, you know, I had to give this talk with another person who was talking about their grilled cheese and how it paired with our beer. And, mm. you know, I had to kind of, I had to put on that persona of like, you know, brewer guy talking about food and we're friends and we're, and I don't really know this guy very well, but I had to get into that mm-hmm. space and, you know, I pulled it off. Okay. You know, um, but at the same time, you know, the sort of analytical side is like thinking about, Oh, this is really neat. How this part of this grilled cheese pairs with this one ingredient we put in the beer, you know, it's like this nerdy, like, you know, wild, you know, yeah. Chemical, chemical yeah, mashup. They're gonna kind of boo thing. that guy off the stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I I don't know what you think about wings, but I I tend to feel like they're a little more fluid than some of the other yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, you're you're a nine, and so your wings would be eight and one. Do you feel like one. you ever you can you can be both? Well, yeah. I mean, the whole the whole like anger side of a nine just like feels so eight ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not that I, I mean, yeah. Our own parents said they've only seen me angry once. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, I felt anger mm-hmm. a lot. I don't like mm-hmm. express it, but I feel like oh, like that feels like my aid energy. Yeah. And if only I knew how to like wield it. Right. Like, oh, right. I. That would be great. <laughs> I would, you know, be like decisive and, uh, you know like be a ringleader and stuff and yeah. get people behind me for justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm afraid of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to draw my own line on the, <laughs> on the dry erase board. And yeah. Yeah. 
watch myself explode. <laughs> um, but I also don't really feel very connected with ones. Yeah. Um, like, honestly, some of this three stuff, like, not that I've been a healthy nine a lot, but there have been moments and I have felt that like three, that like healthy three energy mm-hmm. um, more than I've connected with the one wing. Yeah. That I think I actually have. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, I, I like that idea of them being contextual and like, yeah, and fluid. Like they're not, um, they're not like, oh, when you're a child, you were this wing. And now that you're an adult, you're this wing. It's right. Like, um, contextual in the present. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's fluid. It's got a fluid yeah. state to it where you can kind of. You know, you can kind of tap into either, like you described it as energies before. You can tap into that that energy a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I need it, if I need the performer energy, right? You know, I I can go up there and do it. You know, I'm not. You know, I I prefer the more supporting role actually in stuff, like, which is really why I, one of the reasons I love my role in the band that I play in is that mm-hmm. I'm not the band leader. You know, but I'm allowed creative space uh to you know we play some of my songs um Mm. and you know i'm allowed creative space to influence how we do all the other songs too and so i have that Mm -hmm. but i don't you know but i'm not the sort of the band leader and and i like that you know but if so if you know if my role in the in the musical i would i would want to be the you know the nerdy guy down in the pit playing <laughs> playing the music and making the whole thing, which is why I love playing the bass, you know, because the bass is so central to the music, even though it's not the the flashiest, like, forward part of it, you know? That's why I like it so much. Um, so, but, but if I needed to, I could tap into that three performer, take the lead, you know, energy, but for a period, you know? It's not who I want to be all the time, you yeah. know? But I can also tap into the, all right, we need to come up with a strategy or a plan or, right. you know, figure something out or crunch through some, some numbers and some spreadsheets. I'm like, I can do that too. You know, I can, I can access that analytical edge. So I don't know. It just it seems like it's a little more fluid than, than it is like sort of set. Like, okay, you can take the test and it's going to spit back your numbers and then, okay, you're a two with a three wing and that's, you know, who you are. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little more fluid on yeah. that part of it. Yeah. I mean, just reading the, the nine wings again, it, it's definitely got to be fluid because <clears throat> like this nine with a one wing just feels kind of negative. <laughs> um, I mean, other like principled and modest leaders. That sounds okay. Um, people want to follow them because of their integrity and steadfastness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, more critical, orderly, introverted, and passive aggressive, that doesn't sound very good. So right. I wouldn't want to be that right, right, all the right. time either. Yeah. Maybe sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I want to be a little sassy and you, passive aggressive. You can get the you can get the wing that you want when when you want it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just like you can order, yeah, garlic parm or yeah. hot. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. There's different kind of wings. Yeah. It's like a Liberty Mutual. Only pay for what you need. Right. right. <laughs> <Liberty>. <laughs> Only be the wing you want at the time you want to be it. Um, okay. So the last thing I had, and I, let me see if I can get this idea out because I wrote it down and now I'm looking at my notes and I'm not sure I remember it exactly, but it's a little more woo-woo. So I had to throw it in here. Um, 
So you talked about the deadly sin of the three being deceit. Um, and that has to do with the idea of um, losing oneself in their persona, mm-hmm. right? And so I wonder, what I wrote down is, um, is this somehow relative to, to time? You know, that in order to, so here's the idea, like in order to lose oneself in a persona, there has to be, it has to happen over a span of time. So, you know, it's not like you don't just, you don't just lose yourself in something immediately, right? There has to be like, I, I put on a, I put on this persona mm-hmm. or then I put on this persona and I put on this and I, over time, right? Does it take place over time that a person who's a three gets to the place of looking back at some point and being like, wait, where's the real right. me here? Is it something that is progressive over a period of time, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or is it something, it, cause it doesn't sound to me like it's something that happens instantaneously. Well, and then even the, like the self that is lost seems like it would take some time to have been formed. Right. Right. So it can be lost. Right. Right. Yeah. And isn't that, I mean, like, right. I feel like a lot of these, you know, some of these types you're kind of just wired into, you know, like your well, your center you're wired into. It's just, mm-hmm. I think, you know, but then the type that you end up being in that center, I think a lot of times can come from your, you know, early, early childhood and the development there. Obviously that's what happens. That's what's happening with a three, right? Is that all three heart types, twos, threes, and fours have the sense of being unlovable, you know, unless something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm unlovable unless, for a two, it's I'm unlovable unless I fulfill all the needs of everyone around me. So I want to be needed. I want to be good. I want to be helpful. I want to be make everybody happy and do the good thing and the right thing. And then I'll be lovable. Mm-hmm. For the four, it's I'm unlovable unless I'm unique and special. And everybody looks and says, oh, this person is different. And they're, you know, this sort of diamond in the rough kind of character, you know. Or and then the three says, I'm unlovable unless I'm the absolute best at everything that I Mm -hmm. go for. Right. So that either comes from, you know, a a relationship in an early childhood where someone is clearly encouraging that kind of behavior and saying, yes, if you're the, you know, the best athlete in school, or if you're the, you know, the person that gets the best grades, or if you're the, you know, the one who's gets all the lead roles in the school play or whatever, then you're Then I'll show you love. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you get that from that. Or it could be societal, like you mentioned in the book. You see it all around you, like, oh, this person is successful because they d- did X, Y, Z. So I got to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that, you know, that forms over time. But I wonder, like, at some point, the three has to have a real self to get lost. Right. So you have to have, you have to start with a real self. And then over time, you have to put on personas. And so I wonder if this is some somehow related to the the passage of time or the flow of time or the struggle of what I believe us to be as eternal beings in a temporal reality. So like we're we're eternal, but we're stuck here in in time, mm-hmm. you know, for this particular span of our existence we're having time flow so is that what is 
uh, is it perhaps more relative to the three than other types? This this challenge of time that right over <laughs> over a course of of the passage of time, this stuff develops. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, that's what, that was kind of my question. I, I hope I got that across clearly because <laughs> I was like. I thought about it. I was like, "Whoa, this is this sounds like it is it is very clearly related to time flow, whereas maybe some of the other types, maybe not so much. They're more just this is, you know, you had you have one experience and it makes this happen for you or something like hmm. that. Whereas this one, it seems like it progresses. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting in the sense that they can't find the the self mm-hmm. or like can't even really barely see it they don't even know how mm-hmm. they became this way right where other so that yeah i mean that kind of it's like lost in space sort of like mm-hmm. <laughs> um sort of feeling where i think other types could kind of pinpoint like i can pinpoint probably like a early childhood memory of like when I was behaving like a nine and mm-hmm. it was like very early on in my life and there it was right clear to see yeah um, so it's not like it's not like not lost in time or space mm-hmm. it's right there in my um in my experience yeah so yeah there like like that lost um quality to it I yeah. think it's kind of interesting right so that leads me to think like what if what if you know so let's say let's just put a couple of, of you know assumptions on the table like assumption one being reincarnation is a thing so it's you, you live multiple lives and so your soul the soul part of your being is you know progressing through so if we if we accept that which maybe you don't but just for the sake of the argument maybe you know try it on for a second so if you accept that would different types then be different enneagram types be representative of people in a different like progression of soul development or would maybe not necessarily a different level of progression because that would be like making an enneagram hierarchy like you know oh yeah fours of course are the most uh the most spiritually developed ones of all obviously (laughs) because we're especially unique but not not really to say it like that but more to say it like you know, when you're at this part of a spiritual journey and development, you tend to manifest these, right? Or maybe, you know, they talk about like souls continuing to live lives until you, until you have experienced things you need to experience or learn lessons you need to learn or, you know, go through something you need to go through, mm-hmm. right? Could it be like a progression? Like you have to live a life as every number on the, on the Enneagram, at least, you know, it's like, you got to try it, try it out. You know, you got to spend a time being like, go into life and lose yourself completely and put on a persona there. You get to try being a three. Mm-hmm. What's that like? You know, well, isn't that what cats, like, cats get nine lives, right? So, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they get to try everything out. What is my cat right now? <laughs> what is his energy? <laughs> <laughs> which which one's the snarkiest you know <laughs> i don't know yeah there's snarky people on every number <laughs> that's true they all can be snarky no yeah. anyway so that's just a I just a i mean that, so you're, you're kind of saying like uh um when you come into a new being 
What, what was the first thing you're saying? That like the the unknown is like already already present? Is that what you're? You mean back when I was talking about time? Uh, when you're talking about reincarnation, as you like, yeah, your soul travels into a. I don't know the exact language of reincarnation. Oh yeah, just your next life. You know, whatever your next mm-hmm. you know lived life is. Right. Right. Then, you know, you you come in and where you ended maybe influences you know, where, where, how your last life went maybe influences what enneagram number you're going to be, hmm. or you need a particular experience in the in the next life that you live so you have mm-hmm. to come in as as a particular you know type on the enneagram maybe i don't know yeah it's just yeah hmm. i can tell your mind is blown jason <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking like what what number would i want to be if i yeah <laughs> if I could come, yeah come back i don't know yeah yeah i mean being a nine i it's like the you can like see yourself as all numbers. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So maybe the net, maybe the nine. That's why I guess the number nine because it's you're like you're the most uh, yeah. you know spiritually progressed maybe of all. This of is them. my last body. Yeah, this is it. As a soul, you are you're one. I always have felt like an old soul. Yeah. See, there you go. Maybe I am. Maybe, maybe I've lived all the other numbers. Yeah, and that's why nines are like, dude, just be peacemakers. That's all. It's that's all there is to it. It's all just peace and love, bros. <laughs> you fours and all your. I mean, that, that's an interesting idea with like, um, you know, like figures like Mother Teresa mm-hmm. or Gandhi. Yeah. Who I guess would be nine, or I don't know. Maybe they're. they're I don't know what numbers they would be. Nines or twos, probably. Nines or twos, yeah. Yeah. Um, if they're nines though like that's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting idea of like that's the last reincarnation and that's why they yeah. were such amazing human right figures and lived such well that's what yeah that's what people human lives that describe to the theory of reincarnation will say is that okay. you know you you live i mean I, i've heard people that have talked about the subject on other podcasts that i've listened to to talk about like people living thousands and thousands of lives mm-hmm. you know I mean, and Sting says so in his song, right. <laughs> A Thousand Years. You know, he says something about a thousand lives I've lived or whatever. And how could somebody be as talented and wonderful as Taylor Swift? I mean, yeah, yeah, seriously. She's on a, she's, <laughs> she's, she's had some lives. Yeah, yeah. She's been working on those songs for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's just the first time she got a record deal. Right, yeah. <laughs> She came before there was just nothing but like yeah you know, she had to like milk cows or something. yeah yeah she tried carving them into the cave yeah, walls you know yeah. <laughs> and that's what they are they're all taylor swift songs so we look back and we're like oh yes they're trying to communicate what crops they were planting no 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 it's just a song about a boy and yeah. it broke up with her yeah he stole my goat <laughs> and uh are you talking about Tom Brady now? We're going to get Tom Brady oh. in on this episode. <laughs> Tom Brady and Taylor Swift. We oh, can right. put in the... Well, yeah, Mahomes is the new goat. Yes. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. Goat. Keep mentioning celebrities. We're going to put them all in the uh, show notes. This is great. And this beer... <laughs> did you say this is a Pilsner? It's Foothills Pils. That it's must a, be labeled wrong. Yeah? Uh, this doesn't taste like a Pilsner. No, it's not. Exactly. It's cloudy. Yeah. It doesn't even like taste like a... It tastes no? like an ale. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think it's Brunette's Revenge? Do you think they put the wrong keg collar on it? I think it's Brunette's Revenge. Wow. All right. I'll have to do a taste test afterwards. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I 
hope I'm. I hope I'm. Do you like your first draw off the kegerator? I mean, I, I probably would have poured off the foam a little bit, you know, because it's not a cooled tower. Right. So well, I like the bitterness yeah. of the foam. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. good. This reminds you of the bitterness of life. Yeah. Right. <sighs> All right. Well, we got to get out of here because uh, we're over time here. So uh, thanks for the show, Jason, for the great topic. Um, always fun to chit chat. And um, yeah, feel free to send us an email, brothers at music of the spheres podcast dot com. Uh, if you don't send us an email, we'll send you one. And uh, hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, give us thumbs ups there and uh, tell Jason what you think of his social media posting. Uh, he's really curious to know what you think uh, about that. So let him know. Um, we do have a website, musicofthespherespodcast.com. It just lists where our uh, show can be found on the different platforms there. So that's a good way to share with your friends. Please tell anybody about the show. And uh, from the deepest parts of our beings, we thank you for being a part of our universe here at the Music of the Spheres podcast. Have a great week. Family resemblance. Resemblance. <laughs> you better, what phobia is that? <laughs> you, better, you better call the resemblance. <laughs>